You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou... Let, let us pray. Mm. Gracious Lord, when we consider the mystery of your taking on flesh for the sake of our salvation... It's too deep for us to really fathom. We can't help to understand but a tiny, tiny bit of it. But as we reflect together today upon your word, upon that mystery, grow our understanding just a little bit that we may have the trust to more faithfully follow after you. And this we ask in your precious name for you are forever Jesus the Christ. Amen. So, um, the late John Richard Newhouse used to say, if you get to Monday night without having a start on next Sunday's sermon, you're a day behind. Um, it was, he was an amazing guy, an amazing preacher in his own right. Um, so, having taken that word to heart, I try always on Monday to, to start, you know, with the fresh readings that are coming up for the next Sunday. And then I, throughout the week, I'm working on them. Uh, and just whenever I've got free time thinking about those, those things, usually by Thursday I'm sitting down to, to put my thoughts in order. Um, but as Michael and I both talk to each other about, some days, some weeks, you get to Saturday night and you're just complaining to God. It's like, God, do you have a word for me? <laughs> Because in any set of readings, there's 20 good sermons. We're not here to just deliver information from the scriptures. We are here to bring the word that God wants for this community at this time. And so I find myself writing my sermon in all kinds of interesting ways and times. I'm driving to the hospital, I'm thinking through the readings, and I'm, you know... Do, taking out the trash and I'm doing my readings. This past week I found myself doing what all of us spend way too much time doing this time of year, which is mowing. And I'm, I'm trying to focus my mind on the scripture readings and you know, asking God what he wants me to, to, to share from them and give me, give me something to, to do and something to say. And as I'm going, it's just one of those days where everything is going wrong. The oil's drained out of the lawnmower and i got to fix that. And then I get it five feet down the road and it hits a stone and... and oh, jeez, i got to... Now I got to go through and check. Somebody kicks stones into the yard. I got to get all that cleaned up so I don't put out a window. And it's just one thing after another. And when you have that kind of thing going on, you begin to grumble. I don't want to be doing this job anyway. And, you know, there's a spirituality to resentment. When you get in that kind of grumbling mode, your mind just 
looks for new targets to grumble about. You kind of want to end, you just, you're, you're, you're mad, you want to get madder. Like, I don't want to shake this off. I'm just, yeah, look, and that's another reason I have a right to be angry right now. And I'm trying to write a sermon. And I'm grumbling. And, and I wish I could tell you after a two and a half decades of, of following Jesus that I've overcome this, but clearly I haven't. Um, but what I have done is I've grown just enough that I can recognize what's going on. And I'm like, ah, this is spiritual warfare. <laughs> See, spiritual warfare does not often look like the Exorcist movies. That's when it reaches this really high plateau. The average spiritual warfare most of us go through every day is do I count my blessings or do I count my resentments? Now, I could have been, as I was mowing, thinking to myself, hey, my legs are working, unlike so-and-so that I just visited in the hospital. I could be thinking to myself, what a beautiful day, and look, no matter how much we mess up the planet, the grass grows too fast. <laughs> but no, I'm focusing on these little negative things, which frankly aren't that big a deal. And I'm stirring myself up. And it is spiritual warfare, because if, if the enemy of our God can't steal our salvation, he can at least steal our joy. And if he steals your joy long enough, you stop thinking about God at all. So I realized what was going on. And as this became the opening for the sermon, as I cried out to God and realized that he heard me. Now have you noticed that every one of our creeds includes the ascension of Jesus. This is not an incidental part of our Lord's ministry. Sometimes because of the focus of our hymnody and even our readings, we're so focused on the cross, and rightfully so, that is where our Lord takes our sin into the grave and conquers death on our behalf, that we almost think of the ascension as like an add-on. But when you look at all of the resurrection appearances of our Lord, and only a few of all the historic things are recounted for us in there, but when you look at all of them, while you see Jesus beginning to do things that he didn't do before, some of his powers as God that he willingly gave up when in the words of Philippians 2, as it says, he emptied himself to take on the form of a servant. So he willingly gave up these, these powers he had as God to walk as one of us for a season. But the one thing you don't see him do is he's able to do certain things now, like, you know, disappear in this place and then reappear in this other place, go through locked doors as though they don't exist. The one thing you don't see him doing yet is being available in two places at once. The point of Christ ascending on high to sit at the right hand of the Father is that now He can be equally accessible to us any place at any time. And this is what occurred to me as I was mowing the lawn, I thought to myself, I wonder how many other people are talking to Jesus right now, but He still had time to listen to my prayer. Access to the Father Jesus assures us, is only had through the Son. No one comes to the Father but by me, says Jesus. So as we reach out now to the Father, 
Jesus is in a position so that all of our prayers can come to Him who has the infinite ability to answer them all the time. Now, access is a big thing in our culture. We talk about access a lot. Usually it looks like this. Do I have signal here? But those devices we carry around have changed the nature of our access to information. Some of you, some of you younger folk are not going to be able to, uh, to resonate with this as much, so I apologize for using a sermon example that may not ring with you. But for, for those of us who are of a more seasoned nature, do you remember those days when you would be watching a movie on television and say, oh, I recognize that person. What other movie were they in? And then you'd start a 20-minute conversation while you tried to remember what movie they'd been in. Now it's like this. Amazon Prime X-Ray. What's their name? Okay. Shh. Oh, that's the movie they were in. Conversation's done. <laughs> we have access on our phones. In fact, the phone you carry around in your pocket has more computing power than they used to get people on the moon the year I was born. We have instant access to all kinds of information and we use that access all the time. I am amazed when I walk into a restaurant how many times I see families doing this. People are like this now, not in prayer, but looking at their cell phones. We're accessing this stuff all the time. Mostly for silly stuff. One of our, one of our members who is a... A devoted geocacher said this. She's, she's, they, there's a saying in the geocache community. I carry around this instrument in my, in my pocket that has access to satellites in geosynchronous orbit and I use it to watch cat videos. <laughs> we have access to all kinds of things and we're accessing it constantly. But we don't think about and maybe don't access nearly as often as we could the access we have to the Father because of the ascension of Christ. That's what this day is about. And that access is important because there is no type of spiritual warfare we can engage in in our own strength and hope to win. I started my sermon by saying that it, the... Uh, you know, it's not usually as dramatic as you see in the movies when you talk about spiritual warfare. But it is sometimes. If on, my way out of, if you're on your way out of church today, if you leave through the main entrance here by my office, look through my window as you walk by, you'll see uh, a beautiful pen and ink drawing up there, a pieta, which means when Mary's receiving Christ's body down from the cross. It was done by uh, Pastor Phil Gagnon, who is a, uh, our NALC pastor of development, or officer of development, you'll hear us praying for him. He has skin cancer right now. Phil is not only a great preacher and, and wonderful pastor, he's a first-class artist of the kind who gets their stuff hung in galleries. Such an underachiever. But he's also one of the top trained exorcists on the North American continent. And Phil can tell some stories that will raise the hackles on the back of your neck. This is not like when you were in Boy Scouts sitting around the campfire trying to scare each other because this stuff happens. 
And he'll tell you. He said, in 30 plus years of doing this ministry, 99% of what he's been called out to look at are psychological problems. And his first job is to evaluate that and see whether the person needs psychological help instead of his help. But he said, the 1% that is not is nothing to mess with. And during a 48-hour training that we had with him a couple of years ago, he told a number of stories. This one was stuck in my mind, though. They were doing an exorcism on a, a guy who was an oil rigger from Canada. Big guy. 6'6", 260 pounds. Tattoos everywhere. Muscles everywhere. And this demon had gotten into this guy's life in a big way and they were performing an exorcism on him. Now, you never do an exorcism by yourself. Exorcisms are done in teams. And even though he's the lead exorcist, there are lots of other people. There's some, this person to pray, this person to read scripture, this person to do discernment of spirits. All this is going on. Well, his wife was one of the team members. And at one time, they must have been getting to the demon at one point because this guy jumps from his chair, grabs his wife and slams her into the wall. And he said, in that minute, in that minute I stopped being an exorcist. In that minute, I probably stopped being a Christian and all I was was a husband who wanted to get him off my wife. So he jumped to try and pry them apart. And as he did, the man looked at him. And I've only experienced this twice in my ministry, but you can tell when the demon's looking out of a person's eyes. This man, the man looked at him and smiled. Because he knew that now Pastor Phil was fighting in his own strength and not in the strength of the Lord. As the man had slammed his wife into the wall, he had torn her necklace and her cross had fallen to the floor. And as Phil struggled with the man, his eyes fell on the cross. And he realized what was going on. And he immediately jumped back and started praying, Lord Jesus, help me. And immediately the man started to settle down. And they were able to continue the exorcism. Now, when it's that dramatic, it's obvious we can't stand in our own strength. But most spiritual warfare isn't that dramatic. And we forget Got a case of the grumbles when you're mowing, and you think, "Oh, I, I, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be hand, I, I can handle this." I tell you, I tried for an hour to handle this, and all I got was more grumbly. Until this thought came, I kept trying to pull myself back. Lord, I'm trying to focus on the scriptures. I'm trying to focus on the sermon. Help me. <laughs> that was me, not the mower. <laughs> Until this thought came to me, and I, yes, I do have access. And I started praying the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I prayed it over and over. Now, our Lord does warn us against vain repetition, but this wasn't in vain. I was really asking Jesus to help me. And I really knew I was a sinner because for an hour I tried to do this on my own. And as I prayed... I began to feel the resentment letting go of my heart and my spirit. And it started to dissipate until finally I could, thankfully, and with thanksgiving really, continue the work I was doing and focus upon our Lord and the message I'm bringing today.
We cannot stand in our own strength, but because of the ascension of our Lord and our instant access to Him now, we don't have to. We never have to. He is always available to be with us in every extremity. Whether we're suffering in a gulag, going through a painful medical condition, or just have a bad case of the grumbles. He is with us to guide us, lead us, protect us, and bring us to His Father and ours in heaven. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Lord Jesus, we cannot give enough thanks for all you have done for us. And that now you sit at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, our great high priest and good shepherd. Because of that, we have instant access to you in every situation. Bless us to remember this and to reach out to you at least as often as we check our cell phones. To stand in your strength, to be guided by your heart and mind and word through the power of the Spirit that you give us. That we might bear your light and your love to a world that clearly needs it. And us most of all. We ask this in your holy name, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life.